Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyrics to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. We are the American Freedom Party. This is the most urgent time in the history of Western civilization. In the year 1900, white people of European descent comprised 35% of the world population. Today it is less than 9% and falling fast. Europe is being overrun with Middle Eastern immigrants and America's founding stock is rapidly being replaced with third world peoples from around the globe. For the last 50 years, every influential institution in this nation, our schools and universities, our media, our churches and our employers have promoted policies and principles that teach whites to be ashamed of their great heritage and birthright. We, who in the 1950s, the 1960s, and 1970s were the world's dominant force, are now so afraid of being called racist that we were quailing towards irrelevance and extinction. Join the American Freedom Party today. Reach us at theamericanfreedomparty.us or call us at 701-317-5317. Paid for by the American Freedom Party. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Okay, thank you everyone for coming tonight to the uh, AFM official channel stream. Uh, we'll start out with some things I want to talk about, some information I want to share, and then after that we'll open it up for anyone who has uh, questions or wants to offer insight on the situation. Uh, when we get to that point, I just want to say that we're going to conduct ourselves with respect and honor, being good examples of white men and women. Uh, let's please keep cursing to minimum and not make any attacks on other people or groups. Uh, also, it needs to be said AFN operates 100% within the confines of the law, and we won't allow for any conversations or remarks by the face of that, especially uh, with such a tenuous topic. So we will need to meet you if you go that route. So that being said, let's get started. Uh, so everybody that's here, I want to thank you uh, for coming. Uh, if you were here last night, I do apologize. I swear I was talking for about a half hour, uh, but I had my notes up on the screen and not the uh, the Telegram uh, chat. So it wasn't until I switched back to start asking questions and open up the floor that I realized nobody could hear me, so I do apologize for that. Uh, but we're tested this evening. Everybody can hear me, so we're good to go. So, obviously, uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, and especially this past week, as things have escalated, uh, we've all been hearing a lot about what's going on down at the southern border between Texas and the federal government. And a lot of people that are discussing it uh, reference a new civil war, the potential of a civil war happening again. And I knew that gist of the topic, because it's really everywhere right now, you can't get around it. But I think a lot of us have this issue, especially during the week, uh, getting busy with life, that other than a passing glass at Blanche Wines, 
uh, or some idle chatter that you have with people or see on social media, you don't always get the time to dig in and learn all the details or understand the whole situation. And I'm uh, not from Texas. Uh, we have a lot of uh, AFN people that are from Texas. Hopefully we'll be able to hear from some of them when I'm done talking here because I'd really love to understand what it's like actually being there and what some of the sentiments are uh, for the residents. I know that Texans are a people full of pride, so I'm sure that colors the situation for them well. So uh, I really wanted to get familiar with it. And I think it's good also to take a look at the uh, the information and determine if what we're allowing our personal hopes and biases to form what we expect is actually going to happen. So first, let's go over the basics of what's happening down in Texas. Uh, the current friction with Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the Joe Biden administration uh, over border security is really escalated into a pretty contentious standoff at this point. So... Let's talk about where Governor Abbott stands and where Joe Biden's administration stands. So for Governor Abbott's perspective, he's really positioning Texas like the last bastion against illegal immigration. And he's been describing the efforts that you guys have taken down there uh, as a quote-unquote historic border security effort. He's implemented some pretty hardline uh, tactics, including putting up razor wire barriers, uh, also called Capitina. And we'll talk about that again here in a minute because that goes to the Supreme Court's action. Enacting new laws, uh, criminalizing illegal border crossings, and also busing uh, immigrants to other states. So uh, when they say that he's passed new laws, this is actually an interesting one. Most of the time when we're talking about immigration law, we're talking about federal laws. Well, what Abbott has done very recently uh, it passed a law that cracks down on illegal crossings. It's known as SB4. And this is at the state level now, on the federal level. And it makes it a criminal offense to enter the state illegally and sets the stage for a potential conflict with the federal government, which is how we got here, um, over who has the right to enforce border protection. Uh, the law gives state officials the right to arrest and seek deportation. So not just arrest, but also to deport uh, migrants suspected of crossing the border with Mexico illegally. So it allows Texas to stop, arrest, and jail migrants on any new offenses that can be charged at the state level. So thereby ignoring the open border policy, really, that the Border Patrol under Biden is operating with. So it gives the state judges the power to issue deportation orders, which is important uh, against people who violate the law. And it's even more important because the law allows them to send them back in lieu of giving them a court date. So it's kind of like a Texas bull stay in Mexico thing. Instead of releasing them here, letting them disappear up to two years at a time, giving them a cell phone, giving them money, and letting them stay here and then hoping they show a court date, Texas officials can now just send them back to Mexico and not even be bothered with that whole process because they violated a Texas state law. Uh, when we talk about busting the immigrants to other states, we know this. I wanted to get some uh, data on that to really see what the numbers were. Uh, I was able to get specific numbers for D.C., New York, and Chicago. Uh, Philadelphia, Denver, and L.A., all three of them had migrants sent as well. I couldn't really find any hard numbers. For D.C., uh, there's been more than 100,000 that were bused there as part of Operation Lone Star, and we're going to talk about Operation Lone Star a little bit more, too, because I think that's important. Uh, and then in New York, since just August of 2022, Texas has sent 33,600 to New York. And then for Chicago, uh, so you might remember this, right around Christmas time, they flew a, a plane with 120 of them to Chicago. Uh, and that was the first time they had used planes instead of buses. And I also, I mean, we all know why he's picking these very specific places. They're sanctuary cities. You know, they check home to roost, and they're not liking it. If any of you have seen um, the mayor of Chicago right now, he's not really uh, coping very well with this influx of migrants. It's, it's not going well for him. So this is what's going on in Texas, and that's Abbott's position. So what's the federal government's position? Well, 
the federal government is pretty much trying to demonize it. They're saying that the razor wire barriers in the river are going to cause drownings. They're going to cause uh, death, possible dismemberment, because it's such a, a vile and quote-unquote you know, inhuman way to deal with people, no human beings illegal, the standard rhetoric. Um, but basically, their legal argument is that Texas does not have the right to enforce federal law. Well, Texas isn't enforcing federal law, they're enforcing this new state law, uh, but the administration still seems to think that they don't have a right to do that. So the U.S. Supreme Court intervened, uh, and ordered Texas to allow the border agents, the federal border agents, to access the border um, and basically upheld the government's authority to enforce the, the border security and ignored Texas's right. Um, and it came after Texas to miles of razor wire along the border. Uh, the decision was 5-4 in favor of vacating a previous injunction from the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, and so now the federal government's been told by the Supreme Court that they can approach the border and destroy uh, that razor wire barrier. So what we're going to discuss here shortly is Abbott believes that the Constitution actually allows him to do what he's doing and that he doesn't have to follow the Supreme Court ruling. So he's getting a lot of support from Republicans. Uh, Democrats are demonizing him. I hate that we have to talk about it in terms of Republican and Democrat. I want to be really clear. A lot of what I say here is going to sound very pro-Republican, um, but it, it's almost predictable at this point when you look at issues from a political perspective, you know which side is going to hold which viewpoint, and they're going to do it venomously. So, you know, any passing... A uh, positive statement I may make in favor of Republicans. I mean, they're both uh, wings of the same bird, but it, it, they just went against each other, Republicans and Democrats, on this issue. So, from a certain perspective, it can be argued that Texas is justified in what it's doing to secure the border because the state's actions are seen as a necessary response to the failure of the federal government to effectively address the border crisis. And advocates of that viewpoint would emphasize a couple things. Uh, the state has the constitutional authority to protect its borders and the authority to uphold law and order within the entirety of its territory. Uh, they believe that Texas is justified in taking proactive measures to address the influx of migrants because the federal government is doing nothing. There are national security arguments that can be made because of the criminals and the drugs coming across the border. And a lot of people, when you start talking about this Mexican border situation in Texas, they just assume that it's an anti-Mexican thing. It's really not. I mean, anybody who's paying attention to this has seen, you know, entire caravans of uh, South Asian people, Indians and, and the like, come through together that don't speak any English. Uh, Africans, uh, Eritreans have been a huge portion of late immigrant numbers. Uh, Middle Eastern and Muslim people coming through. And these are all coming through that southern border. Uh, working age fit uh, Asian men, tons and tons of Chinese people who live in Boston, Texas. I saw footage on. So this is not an anti-Mexico thing. This, this really has national security concerns. When you get past the cartels and the drugs, the possibility of someone from one of the other foreign nations that wishes to do harm to our nation uh, coming in through that open border, it's a very, very real possibility. So that's a very important part of the argument. And just preserving American values. When, when these people are coming in, right, they're not aligned with our view of sovereignty. They're not aligned with our preservation of what we would call American values. We have to, we have to support our culture. You know, when Israel says that they don't want um, Christians preaching in the streets or they don't want Eritreans uh, intermarrying with their people, or they've deported uh, Ethiopian Jews about 25 years ago or sterilized them when they finally got Israeli citizenship, I mean, this stuff is ridiculous. Um, but we can't do that. 
can't preserve our nation. We can't preserve our heritage. Um, and so that's another aspect of what this is about. So the pro-Texas argument concerning the constitutional rights of doing this, um, it centers around the state's authority to defend and protect itself in the face of the federal government failing to secure the border. And the way Abbott's framing this is under Article 1, Subsection 10, Clause 3 of the Constitution. I'll come back to that uh, in, in a minute because that's not really a, a smooth and easy to remember title there. Uh, but he emphasizes that the authority supersedes federal statute to the contrary. And it's based on the state's duty to protect itself from what they are characterizing as an invasion due to the impact of the Biden administration's border policies. So what is this part of the Constitution? Article 1, subsection 10, clause 3. It's commonly called the compact clause. It states, and this is a direct quote, uh, no state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage. A duty of tonnage would be like a tax on commerce. Keep troops or ships of war in time of peace, enter into any agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power, or engage in war unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. So typically what this is talking about is a limitation on the authority of individual states to engage in certain activities with the consent of Congress. So states are not able to levy taxes on imports or exports without congressional approval. States are not able to maintain troops or naval forces during peacetime without congressional approval. And they're not able to enter into agreements or deals with other states or foreign powers without congressional approval. But it's that end part, that final sentence, it provides an exemption, for, an exception for states to act without congressional approval when they are actually invaded or facing imminent danger that does not allow for delay. So that exception acknowledges the inherent right of states to defend themselves in urgent situations. And that's the entirety of Abbott's argument for Texas. So... Proponents of what is going on down in Texas say that they're legally allowed to ignore the Supreme Court for this reason. They contend that the clause supports their constitutional authority to protect themselves in the face of what they're characterizing, and many of them agree, is an urgent and imminent danger because they're being invaded by foreign uh, interlopers. Uh, so, also, they talk about the you know going back to the cartels and the drug smuggling, uh, they talk about the numbers of the transnational criminal activity, and we mentioned this a little bit earlier. The Operation Lone Star wasn't really familiar with that, but I wanted to understand it. Um, I know that they've uh, you know caught a lot of people. They've also taken a lot of fentanyl off the streets. Didn't have any numbers. I looked into it. This is just simply mind numbing. I'm going to go over some of the data. Uh, but it, it's really important to remember, it's just Texas, these are the numbers of what Texas has done with Operation Star. This is not the rest of the southern border, and this is just a, that portion represented here. Um, and now, Operation Lone Star has only been going on for about three years. Uh, it was launched in March 2021, and it's ongoing. So it's a joint effort between the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Texas Military Department. Uh, now, since it started in this just about three-year period, they've had 489,500 legal apprehensions, more than 37,500 criminal arrests, with over 34,100 of them being felony charges. The Texas Military Department turned back more than 80,000 immigrants. Now, this is the thing. On top of the 489,500, they turned back another 80,000 that they didn't apprehend. They bust 102,100 immigrants to sanctuary cities. 
Now, the drugs are the scariest part to me. Uh, well, maybe not the scariest. I really don't like my country being invaded. But this was just, when I read this, 450 million lethal doses of fentanyl. And then uh, 453 million uh, as of January of this year. So this is ridiculous. 453 million doses of fentanyl. That's more than enough to kill every man, woman, and child in this country. Um, so those statistics really kind of make the case for Texas that they are dealing with an invasion. They're dealing with an unprecedented threat, and they need to stop it. And with the federal government's policies, it's not happening. So as I mentioned previously, Abbott's contending that his actions are allowed under the Constitution and that, therefore, he does not need to obey the Supreme Court's recent ruling. So if the federal government chooses to intervene, almost every Republican governor, with only the exception of Vermont, have pledged their support uh, to Texas with the federal government. So they have a total of 25 Republican governors that signed a joint statement expressing solidarity with Texas. That's half. That's half the states in this country. So it's it's not unreasonable that people are talking about the potential for a civil war. We literally have half the state saying that they will stand up and fight against the federal government. The real question is, is this going to happen? Interesting, uh, there was a poll. I don't know how much faith I put in polls to begin with, especially on such a uh, multifaceted issue, but an interesting poll I found uh, from 2021, pollsters guy's name was John Zogby, said that 46% of Americans believed that a future civil war was likely, and 43% felt it was unlikely, and 11% were unsure. And then younger people and people living in the South and Great Lakes states like Michigan's were higher likelihood of believing that a future civil war was going to happen. Some political figures have been saying this too. Um, we've heard people like Rand Paul and others mention that this is a possibility or that American citizens are talking about the potential of civil, civil war. We see a lot of news media pundits. Uh, I'm sure uh, Soyboy Tim Pool's really happy with himself right now because he's been uh, touting the Civil War trumpet for a couple of years now, and he's finally got something to talk about. But the concept is out there. Despite that, though, there's several factors that are limiting and could prevent a full-scale civil war. And there's a couple of them. One is we don't have a clear regional divide. Texas certainly is the South. If surrounding states supported it, then you could have a larger area. But as for the other states that are supporting it, if you look at it on a map, it's kind of spread out and broken up by other states that aren't supporting Texas. It's not like having the Mason Dixon and the concept of North versus South, like it was in the 1860s. So you have a clear national regional split. The other thing, and we talk about this all the time, is moderate views are prevalent. For some reason, you don't have as many people at the extreme of either left or right as you used to. Everybody is too complacent and lazy now. It's a sad, unfortunate fact, but we have to face it. Many people will talk a big game, but not many people are willing to actually do something about it when the time comes, and they're willing to just let things go if their life can remain somewhat comfortable. I think that that has grown. I think there are more people that uh, conduct themselves that way than there were historically, certainly, during, than during the last Civil War. And so you don't have a large number of people that are going to stand up and, and do what needs to be done if it ever came to it in such a conflict. Not advocating for Civil War. We're talking hypothetically about what if this happens, what would that look like? And I don't think... Um, that we see exactly what we saw during the last civil war. And that's kind of where I'll leave that point. So it, it's difficult to see what would happen. And I know that it's no surprise at this point that I'm a big believer in apologetics and propaganda when it comes to sharing our viewpoints with normies and people who haven't really woke up all the way yet, because we're seeing a growing trend in this country to balk at the corrupt government. 
and we're seeing a mass awakening. We all know this of people on topics like the JQ, the global homo agenda, pitfalls of integration and race mixing, the Zog influence that's controlling everything. So when you have this looming specter civil war on the horizon, and your national socialist or your civnet, you're just alt right. Okay, you're almost biased into believing more. This is actually going to happen because there's an eager anticipation that maybe this is the thing that starts a real revolution of reclamation. But that's not always the case. And I think the survey we just discussed is fairly accurate in thinking that a prevalence of moderate views in our current society uh, keeps a lid on the possibility of full-scale civil conflict. But I think that's also part of the issue itself, because being middle of the road, not being incited enough to stand up and be back against these evil things, fight for things that matter, is how we've cucked ourselves into this position in the first place. And we need to be the evangelists of truth. We need to effectively share our views with everyone we can. When they see the same news we see, we need our white brothers and sisters to instinctively feel the same things that we do. Many of the same things that woke each of us are the same things that are beginning to wake up the people around us. Just the current state of the world is all the fuel the fire needs. The right message with the right truth behind it could very well be the match that gets it going. So what are those things? First, let's consider the impact of globalization. As industries have moved overseas, as we've outsourced jobs, just about every working class citizen has faced economic a dislocation. The inflation is insane. People have lost their jobs. Uh, companies are being sold out to larger companies. It's making it harder to stand out as an individual worker. Economic insecurity is at an all-time high. Nationalistic approaches, and especially national socialism, stands the protection of domestic industry, of national industry, and welfare our workers, not immigrants, not giving them money and jobs and helping them out of their shithole country. And it resonates with people who are not inclined to look at things the way you and I do, but they still see what we see. This is something that we can come together on. The rapid demographic shifts and cultural changes that we're seeing in this country are insane. Many people like me remember elementary school having one person of color, one in the entirety of elementary school. And by the time we hit high school, half of everybody was somebody that wasn't white. So you're talking about a high school education from kindergarten. It's 20s if we're being generous, usually less. These demographic changes have been rapid and noticeable, and people like you and I have been here from start to finish. In our lifetimes, we've seen where it started and where it got us. So this is very easy to understand for many people like you and I. National socialism emphasizes the importance of preserving our unique heritage and traditions, and it provides people with reassurance that our culture and our identity will be protected and that we will stop the threat. And then, you know, living in the time that we do in the digital age, social media has become a platform for combating mainstream media and their narratives. And it provides people a voice that have what most would consider demonized viewpoints. National socialism in the online age has found a space to be able to challenge those mainstream narratives and offer an alternative perspective as well as educate people. I've never seen things like Europa and um, Hellstorm and uh, the greatest story never told uh, until we had spaces like Gab and Rumble and Odyssey and, and uh, Telegram, and we're able to share information. That information has been critical. People are waking up. Let's be agents of change with that. And then you also have certain political leaders 
a lot of people would say that Donald Trump has woke them up and brought them over to this side of looking at things. I won't weigh in on that, but some people that I know have said that that was a big catalyst for them. Those leaders uh, are espousing nationalistic views, and they use rhetoric that, and I hate this term because the left uses it so much, but it, it really does explain the idea, but whistle rhetoric. And it's resonated with people who feel alienated by big politics and globalist agendas. And if we can get leaders to prioritize national interests and national sovereignty, then it strikes a chord with people. What's going on in Texas with Abbott? There are people, like I said, from 25 other states that are willing to make this their problem. Of course, immigration is a national issue. But the issues that Texas is facing, I think, is something that we all feel nationwide. And I think that's why it's striking a chord. So I think that where we're at, it, it feels normal for us to look at this and say, well, you've got Texas willing to secede. You've got 25 other states willing to support them. It's a national security issue. We're stopping the invasion at the border. And the federal government and the Supreme Court oppositional to that. It feels like a civil war moment. I just don't know if that's possible as an outcome for this situation. Um, that's the truth of where we're at. It's going to be interesting to see how it develops this. Um, and like I said, I'm not from Texas, so I'm not an expert on it. I just wanted to go over the facts of the situation and make a few comments. But I'll open it up now for Anybody that's got a better perspective or, or wants to talk on the matter, so just raise your hand and I'll uh, give you the floor. Alan, you're good to unmute yourself. Scott, we'll get to you after Alan. Yeah, I said it so you could uh, unmute, but you're not heard yet. Hello? There we go. Now I can hear you. You got you to gotta hit the right buttons, it seems. Um, yeah, I, I agree uh, with uh, you know most of the, the narrative here uh, as far as how this has affected Texas. Uh, I'm seeing that down on the border is basically kind of a psyops. There were uh, uh, there was a, a feed I got this morning where there were a couple of brown people and they were waiting around in the river uh, with the, the 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 razor wire and they were holding this little blonde uh, blue eyed little child. Uh, you know, and, you know, like anybody that sees that, you know, most anybody that's not in, uh, aware will say, oh, wow, that's terrible. And uh, that's that's good for the psyops for the leftists. They 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 see that and they say, oh, that's just a terrible situation. And I don't think that's uh, uh, really as big a deal as the fact that they uh, all, the, all the governors have laid the groundwork by uh you know their uh and it's very similar to the, the original civil war which at the time everyone says no this is going to be impossible uh but i think that uh you know it, it is a possibility and i'm encouraged uh i don't know how many uh, people know how the National Guard works. I saw a, a, uh, a video today or yesterday, and then they have the mechanized units on the train and the rolling pass, and they go. They're going down to the border, and they're getting their 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 heart pumping up, their blood's getting hot, and but actually, that's actually better than it even looks because that is a a joint venture, Tennessee National Guard, Texas National Guard, so like two thirds of it's in Tennessee. Uh, and one third in Texas, and they were probably just going down for uh, you know training exercises. Uh, my dad, sixty years ago, Oklahoma National Guard would come down to Fort Hood, Texas, three weeks a year. Uh, in, about twenty years ago, they had trouble setting uh, uh, the statue on top of the Texas Capitol Rotunda, uh, the Lady of Liberty, I think it's what it's called. They couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. The Mississippi National Guard came in, lent their special helicopter, were able to get the job done. So all of those uh, connections are there. 
And yes, they get like the old army equipment, but the army, and which I'm seeing right now, you know, they're incredibly feminized, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, it kind of scares me and I would actually feel safer within the confines of that 25 uh, states, you know, that support Texas. And unlike in the Civil War, Texas is a eighth largest economy in the world. It's, you know, Texas secedes. You know, and then Florida, and then you've got a pretty, pretty strong uh, government going on. Uh, but I really do think they're using us with the uh, the immigrants coming across the border. And like you said, uh, you didn't mention the R Romanians. I saw uh, a uh, van load of Romanians one Sunday afternoon, and in North Austin, you know, and they were they had been prepped and everything, you know, to, and the, the, the euphemisms to say in American. And so, yeah, it's everybody that needs to be be closed off. And uh, it's kind of ironic. The Border Patrol till just really recently were to keep the, the, the immigrants out to keep the people, the illegal people out. Now it's completely flipped around. Um, so hopefully it'll. Uh, It'll all pan out, and I have a, I'm reasonably confident this year, whereas uh, 2023 was like perdition. I think it's going to be hopeful this year, and hopefully we can get uh, uh, things sorted out. And so basically that's kind of my uh, view on it, you know, from the heart of Texas. Uh, so, and most people I've spoken with, uh, on the ground, basically what they're saying is like, oh, this is between Biden. Biden needs to get out of the way and and, uh, uh, you know, let the states do their job. And and that's true. But uh, there's a lot of election narrative to that, you know, behind the scenes. So I really don't trust that. But there's not a lot of people that I've seen on the street that are saying, yeah, we need to uh, we need to secede right now and uh, start a civil war. Because they're just too complacent. So, anyway, but we'll have to to see how that changes. I think I think it's going to uh, uh, be a good narrative going forward. Yeah, uh, you kind of. No, you're good. You kind of hit on something I was going to ask you there at the end because that that you know your point about the largest economy. I say that all the time. But the way I look at it is, yeah, it's a good argument that Texas would be fine. But I also think that that's a really good argument why the federal government would fight so hard to prevent secession and civil war. Or if civil war broke out, to shut it down rather quickly because they wouldn't be able to lose such a large part of our national economy. But then, you know, to your second point, that was going to be my question. What is What does it feel like the sentiment is there in Texas? Is it, you know, full on? we need to secede as the Lone Star State, or is it more or less people are hoping that this is going to be what it takes to make Biden do what needs to be done, or at least to step out of the way? No, the uh, the, the the narrative, you know, the sentiment is all, Trump's going to save us. You know, so like, like let's just hang on until... Uh, you know, he gets into power and then he he's promised to throw all the the, the migrants out and uh, not let any of them in for 40 years and, and, and all that. And so things are going to be good again. Happy days are coming. And hopefully that's going to be true. But at the same time, that's going to put a suppression on, uh, you know, uh, you know, a separate country coming about because, uh, you know, they the American experiment. I think it's kind of failed. I, you know, I think we need to kind of start over again, reset it all. And, uh, but in Texas, that's, uh, that's kind of a seminar. Especially Austin used to be even more like this, really laid back, you know, like, you know, I don't know if it's, uh, it was just kind of the attitude of like, oh, well, you know, uh, it's almost a libertarian attitude. And uh, Texas is, is kind of like that. And they've been subjected to this, uh, oh, five years or so of media psyops, and it's and then there was the, the the COVID thing, which it really changed a lot of people. So I'm just going to have to kind of wonder what's uh, how this is all going to play out. Thanks for sharing. 
Uh, Nimble, I see you have your hand up. We're going to give uh, Scott the chance to talk first. He was uh, trying to get in there a moment ago, so just one second. We'll get to you. Uh, Scott, I've got you. You're able to unmute now if you'd like to go. Uh, yeah, so uh, you kind of mentioned earlier about your your childhood growing up and whatnot. Uh, I had kind of the same thing. Uh, in elementary school, there was a, uh, it was kind of a a uh, lar- little bit larger group of Mexicans, and the, but there was only one black kid. And then middle school, it was two. High school, it was like three or four. But then, like soon as I got out of high school, I uh, started seeing them just keep coming into the towns. And it's uh, that was kind of the whole reason I left. Um, came down south, just to find <laughs> not what I expected. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, and then now with this whole, uh, border thing going on, it's, uh, it's interesting to see, but even up, even up North, you know, it was, it wasn't that there was talks of like, we need to start civil war, but everybody was talking like, Hey, it's, it's coming. No, you know, nobody, nobody knew, you know, nobody was advocating for it, but they were definitely preparing for it. So, you know. Yeah, I think everybody sees it and feels that something is coming. The question is what, when, and how. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, uh, I feel like events like this, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, obviously nobody wants to go to war, but it's kinetic, everybody knows, you know, kinetic warfare is the last step of warfare. And, uh, but, I mean, this is, Personally, I feel like this it's events like this this that are are the lead up to you know we didn't the Boston Tea Party, the Boston Mass- massacre, things like that, you know that no nobody said you know uh that that but those are all like lead ups too, and I feel like this is uh just another event like those. Oh, I don't know what's going to be this thing. I remember uh, when the Eamon Bundy standoff was going on, uh, a lot of people thought that was going to be, you know, the, the little man against the big Zog machine, you know, catalyst for civil war. And it was a big deal, but certainly didn't go further than that. So I'm waiting to see what happens with Texas here. But thanks for sharing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Nimble have the floor. Let me get you unmuted here. All right, Nimble, you're able to speak. Hey, gentlemen, what's going on? Um, yeah, I think the excitement towards any kind of aggravated violent conflict is more immediate than people think. But I don't think it's going to happen in the same way that, uh, you know, most people think. <clears throat> so we, we the, the, the biggest, the, the, the strangest thing is these, you know, is the Israeli conflict with the Democratic Party, right? It's that's that's the biggest standout. The uh, the the normies are refusing to sort of like uh, like acquiesce to the party line on on the Israeli uh, Hamas conflict, and you've got you've got Texas doing their thing, and so my general point is is like this. Um, all it's going to all all it's going to take for for, for a for a a, a takeoff for, for for violence is an energy that is like we we're going to stand for our own personal integrity for for our own rights and that means like our citizenship our identity and Texas is doing that Texas is is literally doing that like they're they're saying we are going to stand for our identity as an american now their identity definition might be sort of like loose and and like you know not the best in in terms of my framework but that's how um a conquest or or violence or how uh, a civil war is going to take place it's it's on those lines of these political identity frameworks and it is a political solution 
so this goes back to like like is this a non-political solution versus a political solution it is a political solution entirely and it exists on these lines and like you can't engineer them right so you so like many of my arguments are always like oh you know how do, how do, how do we do this how do we engineer this you can't engineer this right it's it's totally arbitrary it, not arbitrary but like it's it's totally natural so yeah my point is the 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 evolution is coming it's natural like it's like a natural uh state is insistent right like like order order maintains itself like order order persists and it's insistent um I'm sorry. Yeah, so that that's that's I guess that's my point. No, no, all good points. I'm not even really going to comment on it because I probably talked for way too long. But I uh, I agree with a lot of what you said, and I think that we need to keep those things in mind. But I think that that should also be a little bit heartening um, when you look at it that way. When you see that there's an organic and natural development to these things, this awakening wasn't predicted or forced that this is happening among people organically and spreading like wildfire. It's just evidence that that, you know, some people would call it the fourth turn. Um, but that that change in events is coming. It's just the natural evolution of what we're up against. And I think that we have to be active members of steering that in the right direction to see the success. But, yeah, all very good points. Uh, Epic Danger wants to talk. Let me go ahead and make that possible. <clears throat> All right, Epic, you are free to unmute yourself. Hey, what's going on, Lumberjack? What's up, everybody? Um, I just wanted to say in regards to the whole, I know you guys were talking about the whole Texas situation that was going on. Um, Just quick reply to that. I don't have a ton of faith and the whole uh, Greg Abbott situation, because he's one of the glorified wall kissers. Um, literally, that's happened. <laughs> it seems like everybody that's kicking this shit up has all gone over there, touched the wall, kissed the wall, done this thing. And uh, while I'm happy to see Texas putting their foot down, uh, for any Texans that are out there, uh, definitely don't, uh, don't depend on that piece of shit to uh, keep this momentum going and protecting that border. You're going to have to hold him to the fire as much as you can. Um, as I previously stated, <clears throat> trust no one that's been over there and been kissing that wall, man. Uh, like I, and what, what I mean by that is quite obvious. He's been to Israel. He's cadabbled with the Jews many times. Um, just like every one of our other politicians, they're all compromised. So don't, don't, uh, don't, don't put your head at rest at night thinking that, you know, one guy is going to stand up for everybody. You got to hold this prick to the fire. And uh, I like what I'm seeing, but I'm just scared the momentum's going to burn out. He's going to collapse to the Fed, and Biden's just going to get his way. And you know, while I think, you know, Trump might be the lesser evil. Yeah, I think if anyone tries to sit around and wait it out for him to vote, you're crazy. You're crazy, and probably a part of the problem is sitting on your ass too much. Is it's it, this is where it's all gotten us. But uh, that's that's all I really wanted to say in regards to the Texas thing, and I want to let you guys go forward. But just remember, Greg Abbott uh, cadabbles with Jews like a motherfucker, and I can send that proof over. Yeah, I think there's a lot of us that know that about him. It's something that's uh, been in the back of my head uh, quite a bit as well. I'm not, again, like I said, I'm not a team, so I don't have any firsthand experience with him or any personal opinions on him, but I've seen him uh, kissing the wall, and I've seen him having the summits, the rabbis, and they're all, you know, like I said earlier, two wings of the same sick bird. They're all playing the same game, doing it from different angles, so he's always... Yeah. Good reason to have yeah. healthy skepticism, but it's just interesting to see where we are. These are certainly things you wouldn't have seen 20, 30 years ago. So to see this and to see where yeah. it goes, I think it would be interesting. Well, just for all of those, just be weary. You go sticking your head too far above the hill. Just remember, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
I feel like at the same time, I feel like it's a giant psyop to see who's going to be the people that are going to stand up against this and they're going to be totally pro, you know, separation from this bastardized government. And uh, it could just be a giant honeypot. So any of you that are involved in this, obviously, operational security is top fucking should be your top priority. Uh, obviously, don't use your real name and shit. Keep yourself concealed. If you're out there doing whatever, showing support, just always, always keep in the back of your mind that everything is a honeypot potential. But other than that, I'm going to mute up and let y'all go. Thanks for stopping by and, and chiming in. Is there anybody else before we uh, cut the stream off that wanted to offer their insider opinions on the topic? Nimble. All right, you're able to unmute again. Nimble, you're good if you have something else to say. You just got to hit your mute. I'm sorry. Uh, get okay. So one of the things that I often argue about uh, in the, in this space is the is the immediate versus the global, right? Like, so what is our, what is the project and, and like, how, how do you attack it? And um, race relations on the immediate front are my primary concern, right? I feel like race relations are the most important thing versus the JQ. And so it's, it's a point of conflict. And so when you look at like things like the Texas thing, um, so, so, so like, what are we doing? Uh, what we're doing here is we're asserting ourselves as an independent, um, identity. We're asserting ourselves as a race. We're asserting ourselves as, uh, a, you know, a political position. And that's very important. And, um, I think we ought not to be afraid of that simply because we have pressures from the outside and yeah, so that, that's, that's my point. Anybody else? All right. Well, I'm not going to drag it out with all silence. I appreciate everybody uh, for coming back tonight. Again, I apologize for the technical difficulties we had last night. Uh, for anybody that had, is getting in when we started tonight, I will have the stream posted as we do every week. And we'll be back here again normal time on Friday. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Have a good week. Hell, victory, and white power. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. This is the Justice Report Weekly Recap for January 29th to February 2nd, 2024. Our first story, Israel's killing machine in Gaza continues despite historic genocide ruling. Hague, Netherlands, a historic ruling by the International Court of Justice has ordered the state of Israel to take all measures to scale back what South Africa has alleged are genocidal acts in Gaza. The ruling comes amid an escalating regional conflict, now dubbed a killing machine, that has so far resulted in the deaths of over 26,000 Palestinians. On Friday, the ICJ said that it had jurisdiction to rule over a legal case filed by South Africa, which accuses Israel of committing genocide 16 of the court's judges were present during the session, who in turn demanded that Israel follow six provisional measures until trial. In addition to taking all measures to prevent genocidal acts, the ICJ ordered Israel to prevent and punish future incitements to genocide and take immediate and effective steps to ensure humanitarian aid reaches civilians in the Gaza Strip. 
The ICJ also demanded that Israel take steps to preserve any evidence of genocide and must submit to The Hague a monthly report listing steps the regime has taken to remain in compliance. Israel has denied these genocide allegations and asked the court to throw out the case. It was denied. Instead, the ruling was imposed upon Israel on the eve of International Holocaust Remembrance Day on January 27th. Our next story, Iraqi DEI director resigns and flees Maine after plot to diversify elementary schools receives backlash. South Portland, Maine, a diversity, equity, and inclusion director for a local school district, suddenly resigned and fled the state after facing backlash for a scheme to diversify predominantly white elementary schools. The incident has now sparked a police investigation and even demands of a hate crime probe, all for the alleged harassment of an Iraqi immigrant who has received nothing but institutional advantages since arriving in the U.S. in 2013. Portions of the email sent to South Portland's DEI director, Mohammed Al-Bahadli, appeared to express anger at his plans to break up white elementary schools and, by extension, tampering with the racial makeup of South Portland. White parents don't want their children going to school with black and brown kids who don't belong in the United States, the email read. White people in Maine don't appreciate what you, Al-Bahadli, are trying to do in South Portland. White children don't want to go to school with black and brown kids who don't belong in the United States, it continued. In an interview with MainWire, Al-Bahadli said he didn't want to deprive the district's predominantly white elementary schools of the benefits of diversity. A son of an Israeli diplomat was arrested for an intentional vehicle attack on American cop. Sunny Isles Beach, Florida, the teenage son of an Israeli consular officer was arrested this past weekend after police say he intentionally ran over a cop with his motorcycle during a traffic stop. Now he's claiming diplomatic immunity. According to reports, 19-year-old Avraham Yehuda Gill is charged with a first-degree felony of aggravated battery of a law enforcement officer and resisting arrest with violence. Gill was also fined $300 after officers claimed Gill was driving his motorcycle without a valid license, nor did the motorcycle have a license plate. The incident took place Saturday afternoon when Gill was weaving in between vehicles to approach Sunniusless Beach Lieutenant Ruben Zamora, who was conducting a traffic stop. When he motioned at Gill and yelled at him to stop, police said Gill was trying to hit the officer on purpose. Litter Zamora stated that the defendant then intentionally ran him over at which point he grabbed the defendant with both of his hands and redirected him towards the ground to stop him. The arrest report reads, Zamora suffered an incapacitating injury to his left leg as a result and is currently on light duty assignment while he recovers. For more news like this, visit justicereport.news and subscribe to our Telegram, Substack and Odyssey to keep up to date on all the latest headlines from around the world. My brothers, my sisters, I bring you a message of solidarity, a call to action, and a demand for adherence to duty of an Aryan resurgence and ultimately total Aryan victory. We have broken the chains of Jewish thought. We know not the meaning of the word mine, it is ours, our race, the totality of our people. Ten hearts, one beat. One hundred hearts, one beat. Ten thousand hearts, one beat. We are born to fight and to die and to continue the flow. The flow of our people. Onward we will go, onward to the stars, high above the mud, the mud of yellow, black and brown. So kinsman duty calls. The future is now. If months from now you have not yet fully committed yourself to the Alliance, then you have an effect not only betrayed your race, you have betrayed yourself. So stand up like men and drive the enemy into the sea. Stand up like men and swear a sacred oath upon the green graves of our sires that you will reclaim what our forefathers discovered explored, conquered, settled, built, and died for. Stand up like men and reclaim our soil. 
kinsmen, arise. Look towards the stars and proclaim our destiny. Defeat never, victory forever. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the Public Health Service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com.